and welcome to another edition of the Porter's Extra Podcast at jconline.com and through SoundCloud. Mike Carmen, beat writer for the Journal and Courier, and covering uh, Purdue basketball Tuesday night as the Boilermakers lost to Illinois at Mac Arena, 79 uh, to 62, and the margin of victory was similar to the the way the game played out. Uh, and now, you know, Purdue. This was Purdue's first loss at home uh, in the Big Ten season, and now I think we get to see really what this team is made of, uh, because they had, you know, they had become somewhat invincible at home. You know, you beat Michigan State by 29. You know, you were able to outlast uh, Minnesota in double overtime. Uh, you beat Northwestern. So. There was a, a feeling that the home court was always going to be there and Purdue would be able to prevail no matter the opponent, no matter, you know, what was going on. Uh, but now they've, you know, they've taken not just a loss at home, but they've taken a beating at home. Uh, it's the same Illinois team that crushed them in Champaign. Now, the margin of victory was 26 uh, 16 days ago. Tonight it's... Uh, not as uh, big of a margin, but uh, the impact was still the same because Illinois dominated the boards in both games. Illinois was the better team defensively in both games. Illinois was quicker to the ball, better in transition, uh, ran better offense uh, in both games. So Purdue was outmatched in both games and that's just kind of the the truth of it uh and when you have the talent that illinois does and they have talent the big guy kofi coburn and then the guards that they have with uh, trent frazier and company um you can you can do a lot of different things you can play different styles and you can overcome some adversity and credit to Illinois. Uh, they, they took Purdue out of its offense. Uh, and then uh, their own offense ran through the middle, uh, ran through the guards. Uh, you know, Frazier ended up with 21 points and he took seven shots. Now he hit five threes and then he hit his free throws. But seven shots, 21 points, there's your model for efficiency. But from Purdue's standpoint, I think now we get to see who they are. Uh, they have a home game on Friday against Wisconsin. You know, you no longer have the invincibility of playing at home. You just can't show up and put on your, your white uniforms and win. And now you really have, you know, this team really has to dig deep and play better in some, some areas, but also just dig deep from a toughness standpoint, a competitive spirit standpoint, and be willing to to do the extra things to ensure that you, you get a win. And you know that's the bottom line with this team. This is not this is an imperfect team. It has been all year. It will continue to be be that way. Its margin for error is slim. We've talked about it. We've written about it. Um, but. They've got to find a way to dig deeper now that you've lost that that they've lost at home to figure out a way to 
kind of keep your head above water and still find a way at some point this season to win a, a road game or two. Uh, not all is lost. You know, this is not football where every week is a referendum. There are stretches in basketball where it becomes a referendum. And I think Purdue's in one of those stretches. You know, I, I thought coming into this week, Purdue needed to go 2-0 and at home. They needed to really put the emphasis on winning their home games and then let the road kind of take care of itself. You know, now that that has kind of changed. Uh, I mean, there shouldn't be additional pressure or anything like that. It's just, you know, when, you know, players and coaches won't look, won't talk about the big picture as much as maybe we in the media do or the fans do. But in the big picture of Tuesday's loss, you know, Purdue is in a, in a really difficult position right now because it's lost a home game that uh, maybe it didn't think it would it, it would lose. Uh, you, you beat the best team in the Big Ten at home by 29. Um, but Illinois was a, was a worse matchup for Purdue. And, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people surprised Illinois won, maybe by the margin of victory and how they did it. And they did it really with a big second half and some of Purdue's season-long problems popping up again. You know, the inability to, to finish around the rim uh, was was uh, start, startling again tonight. Some of that may have to do with Coburn and his size and his intimidation. But, you know, the second half, you can go to the first two minutes or so and Purdue had... Uh, four or five shots right at the rim in the paint and didn't didn't convert. And Illinois did. Illinois was hot in the second half. They hit 11 of their first. Uh, they hit 11 of its first 12 shots. Ended up shooting 15 to 20 in the second half. Only missed one free throw. Dominated the rebounding. Uh, they 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 won every phase of the game and won the game because of their skill and what they did, but also because. They were just the tougher team that wanted it, and uh, they were they were they were willing to do what it what was needed uh, to get that win. And Illinois has has playmakers that can get that done. Uh, you know, you can talk about toughness, but when you have talent, it helps. But you need that talent to be tough, and you need that talent to be willing to fight. In Purdue's case. You know, I, I think the will, the fight is there, but they are so they're shortchanged from a talent perspective, from a from a basketball talent perspective. That when things when the ball doesn't go in the basket, uh, things become magnified, and it just makes it harder for this team to sustain runs. Although we've seen it, you know, they've had that competitive spirit, they've had the toughness. You know, you beat Virginia by 29, you beat Michigan State by 29. You have to have some of that. But the the deal with this team is just the consistency or the lack thereof that, excuse me, that it plays with or doesn't play with, you know, time and time again. On the road, those those issues have been documented. At home, they haven't had those issues. uh, And some of those issues popped up. But Purdue's beaten by a better team. And right now, Illinois is a bad matchup for Purdue. It just It's a bad matchup for Purdue. And if they, they get to see him again in the Big Ten tournament, it's going to be a bad matchup. Um, you know. And by that time, who knows where, where both teams will be if that, if that even 
occurs. But, you know, Purdue was sluggish at the start again. It had some opportunities. It didn't take advantage. Illinois uh, was came out hitting. Frazier hit a couple threes early. Uh, they were on the boards early. Uh, they were aggressive. Um, and if, you know, Alan Griffin doesn't put his foot in Sasha Stefanovic's chest for no good reason other than he was just that's that's what he did um and it's you know it's hard to say he didn't do it on purpose because it, it sure looked like he did um it wasn't it didn't appear to be an accident and the rest made the right call the flagrant two foul automatic ejection and they 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 did that they handled it the way it should have been handled but that injected some life into Purdue and they did build on that a little bit and they sustained it um Illinois came back after that took a took a four or five point lead and but Purdue came back Purdue kept coming back and Aaron Wheeler hit a three to put him up one and that's the first shot that he's hit since January 2nd uh I believe he'd missed 17 straight shots up to that point and Purdue ended up being ahead at halftime, 30 to 29, when Eric Hunter hit a three. And you thought, well, maybe maybe Purdue had had weathered it, and they'd got the boost from the Griffin ejection, and the crowd was angry, and they were into it, and it just, you know, it raised the stakes even more. But <coughs> excuse me, but the the start of the second half just. Um, Purdue just had no answer for Illinois. They had an 8-0 run, and then soon after that, it was a double-digit game, and Purdue just could not muster enough offense. And I, you know, Purdue is offensively challenged in a lot of spots this year, and when they when they can't get their inside game going, which they couldn't tonight, and then when they don't have room to shoot three-pointers, which they didn't tonight, a season-low eight attempts, and Illinois' defense was was really right up on Purdue uh, the whole game. And, you know, Stefanovic attempted uh, two three-pointers, which ties the season low. He was over 2 against Florida State down in, uh, down in Florida. Um, so they, they couldn't get their, their, their three-point three, three shooting game going uh, tonight. In, in part because they just didn't have room. They didn't have any room uh, to, to, get, to get those shots off. And that's, that's in part to Illinois' defense. But, you know, Purdue's got to <coughs> – Purdue has to execute better. They have to set better screens, you know. All those things come into play, and Purdue never really could get an inside game going tonight either, in part because I think the pressure on the perimeter defense uh, played a role in that, and also Purdue dealing with uh, Illinois' size inside. Um, So not a good night for Purdue overall, but, you know, we're not not at the halfway point of the Big Ten season yet. Still a lot of time left to kind of get things going, but, you know, I think – <clears throat> excuse me, Friday 
I, I you know I think Friday becomes a kind of a super important game for Purdue to see what direction they're going to go because you lose <laughs> you lose Friday at home against Wisconsin you got to go back on the road at Rutgers at Northwestern and I think the complexion of of, of the season can change really quickly for this team um, you know by the by the time February gets here you know, not to be Mr. Negative, but they could have a uh, they could have an extended losing streak here that maybe a lot of us didn't see coming, and would put themselves in a position to really would, uh, would need a great month of February, you know, to, to climb out of the basement of the Big Ten, get into the middle of the pack, and you're also still playing for an NCAA berth, um, so. I think a lot is going to ride on Friday's game, and how Purdue handles it. Um, different different kind of team than Illinois, uh, but <clears throat> you know what you're going to get with Wisconsin. Um, they're going to slow it down a little bit more. Yeah, but you know what we've seen can Purdue match? Can Purdue match that toughness? They've done it before in other games, and I think you know I think in the two games that Illinois played Purdue, Illinois just <clears throat> imposed its will on Purdue to a point where, you know, Purdue just, just could not come up with an answer. And, you know, if, if the same thing happened against Friday, you know, <clears throat> Purdue's going to have to come up with, uh, with uh, some sort of answer to, to really prevent the season from going in a direction that, that uh, maybe we didn't think would happen. Um, in, in late January. So a lot on the line. Uh, we'll see how they respond. Uh, that's coming up uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. You know, I think Mackey will be, will be energized uh, once again. And uh, we'll kind of see where, where uh, how Purdue uh, comes out uh, in that game. Anyway, appreciate you checking in on the Borders Extra podcast. Uh, subscribe if you already have it. Which I think you have because you're listening to it right now. Still dealing with a bit of a cough. So I apologize uh, for that. Anyway, tell your friends and neighbors. And uh, hopefully we'll be back after Friday to dissect what happened uh, in the game against the Badgers. Until then, have a good day and, and thank you for listening.